0: Volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now... Please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello and welcome to season two of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based here in Boulder, Colorado, helping people transform themselves into confident leaders. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coach Metrics, a cloud-based tool to develop to measure behavioral change in coaching and leadership development. Thanks for joining me today to talk about the future of leadership. So I just got home from a week of business travel that spanned from New York City to Portland, Oregon, and Minneapolis. And what stood out to me most in the past week was the experience I had with people in New York City. Now, the stereotype of New Yorkers, maybe you've heard, is that they're abrasive and maybe even considered uncouth. I experienced something very different. From getting on and off the subways to finding my way around the city, I found New Yorkers to be kind, helpful, and frankly, polite. And there was this beautiful mess of humanity that I experienced, a realness, where people could be their true, authentic selves. As our world grows in complexity and the pace of change increases, more and more it will be incumbent upon leaders to create healthy cultures that value humanity and create workplaces where people can become more of who they truly are where people can see past their own biases and stereotypes that they have in their head and that get in the way of true connection with other people because it's within that messiness of humanity where we can fully connect with others, where we can find safety through certainty and where people feel like they matter, that their contributions are valued. It's in that space where people show up as their best, engage in the conversations that matter most, and create better business outcomes. That's the work of the leader of the future. My guest today is a leader who knows exactly how to create healthy and aligned executive teams and organizational cultures that truly believe in their heart that people matter. His name is Pat Reisner. I first met Pat when he was president of BHP Billiton's US coal business. That was over 5 years ago. And to this day, I haven't met a more integrity-based, purpose-driven leadership team than the one I saw Pat lead at BHP Bulletin. Pat has more than 27 years of experience in the global mining industry. He's spent the majority of his career with BHP, the world's largest diversified resources company, over $43 billion in revenue in 2018, to give you a point of view. Pat led the health, safety, and environment function globally for BHP and was, as I mentioned earlier, the president of BHP's U.S. coal business. Most recently, he's been appointed president of the Hermosa Project, one of the most exciting base materials projects in the world for a company called South32. Pat has a passion for creating high-performing teams that achieve outcomes that leave a sustainable, positive legacy for stakeholders. So in this interview with Pat, you're going to hear the key ingredients, if you will, that are needed to create healthy, aligned, and more human executive teams and work cultures. So let's go over that interview now. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Pat, welcome. As you probably know, this is our second season with the Future of Leadership podcast. And this season, we're focused on alignment and when we think about alignment, we think about both the what and the how. Things on the what side are strategic planning and getting clear in objectives and goals and things like that, but the how side of alignment is really for us about culture, building healthy and aligned teams, and frankly, bringing more humanity back into the workplace. So I'm excited to have you here because you're an absolute expert on building executive teams and healthy and aligned cultures, Thank you for being here. looking forward to the point of view that you've got today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, Pat, let's start at a macro level. I like to ask my guests to kick off the episodes. um, What are you noticing in the workplace in terms of any workplace trends or societal trends that might be impacting how we work and go about our work? What are you seeing out there today?
1: I think there's some... Some really significant ones at a high level, probably affecting different, different sectors uh, in different ways. One of the things we're focused on that I'm very mindful of as we think about our team and, and leadership and culture and is the impact of digital innovation, automation, technology. Not only is it changing the nature of work, but I think it has a pretty profound impact on what we think about as leadership and how we think about culture and what's necessary to really be successful as the nature of work just fundamentally changes with the application of technology and automation and availability of data, pace of decisions, all those sorts of things associated mm-hmm. with digital innovation. And so I think that's, that's a really profound one that's affecting most sectors that we're having to think about. Mm-hmm. I think others, one, that I suppose goes a bit hand in hand with that, societal expectations around sustainability performance. Mm. Once again, I think it probably varies by sector, but certainly in the business that we're in, the expectations of society around environmental issues, social issues, things such as that are significantly impacting how we think about projects, work, future of business, all of those sorts of things, and even culture. And that that's sort of an expectation outward in type trend. I think there's some generational ones around demographics and and expectations. I think as we look at the people that are coming into our workplace now, I think it's really important to them, you know, purpose and the meaning of their work is really critical. And so as we think about what a workplace of the future looks like, what good leadership looks like, I think the expectations of the next generation workforce are are quite a bit different in that sense. So those are ones we're we're thinking about. I think there's probably a few others that are more like societal issues that are finding their way in the workplace. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I focus a lot on the sustainability issues because I I have a a background there. But, uh, you know, things like the mental health trends we see in broader society, you know, I think employers, businesses, are naturally getting more involved in supporting their teams on on things like that that are becoming more challenging in broader society, and they do they do find their way into our workplace, and and it's important that we think about those and think about how we support people as well. So those those are a few that come to mind.
0: Yeah, Pat how how do you respond to some of those changes, specifically the, the generational change you're noticing, and we're seeing this as well, millennial generations and. And now as Gen Y starts to enter the workforce, there's a strong desire to be doing well and doing good at the same time. How does your organization respond to that purpose-driven focus that some of the younger generations are helping bring to the workplace?
1: I think a big part of it is very clearly putting your values into action in the day-to-day work. And so whether it's a, a new project or the way you conduct your business day-to-day or just how you treat people on a day-to-day basis in the workplace, very clear and evident that your values are being put into action every day. So it's no longer, I think, acceptable to have you know, a purpose statement and values stated on the wall that I think now it's really critical that you can demonstrate that in how you go about business every day. So you create a workplace that people are proud to be a part of because they believe it is contributing to greater good. And I think companies are uniquely positioned right now to influence to greater good in a number of areas, unlike they have been in the past. So I think they need to see tangible evidence mm-hmm. that values are being put into action in the way in which we develop projects, the way in which we conduct business, the way in which we deal with stakeholders. Yeah. And have a connection to a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. That needs to be really clear. So there's there's sort of a value proposition around that that needs to be articulated and well-communicated and something that they can connect with.
0: Yeah. I've been really fascinated with this element of leadership lately in the sense of how can we use work as a platform for making a positive impact in people's lives or in our communities. And I know this has been a big part of the work that you've done, that you're doing currently and you've done in the past. And, and sometimes organizations embrace that and other times they don't. And I think even for, for leaders to, to say, okay, well, what's in my control? I can control how I show up with this team or with this function within the organization and, and using that as your your platform to do good as you're leading other people. agree. I think this is going to become a more and more important element of leadership uh, in the future. It is today and in the future.
1: There's a couple of really live examples around that right now. You see a number of companies really pushing the diversity and inclusion in ways that we weren't seeing companies show leadership around that and not just gender diversity sexual orientation you know some of the the race and cultural issues real significant social issues in different yeah. parts of the world and you see companies in the workplace showing strong leadership around that whether it's internally the approach we have to creating a more diverse workforce and drawing from all parts of society to the things we're doing culturally to make people of all different uh, backgrounds feel more mm-hmm. included um, and valued as part of an organization like that. The other one's around climate change. I mean, you see a lot of companies in the absence of action by government taking strong actions and really showing leadership in those areas. And, and those are ones that we're very focused on in our particular mm-hmm. sector and, and part of the business.
0: Yeah. Say more about that if you can, Pat specifically around diversity and inclusion. Love to hear like, you know, what are one or two things that that leaders really need to to think about to, because the, the research and the data is clear, especially at the executive team level, diverse leadership teams, they just produce better business results. But how do you create that culture, that environment that embraces diversity and inclusion?
1: Yeah, it is very clear. I think across the board, it doesn't matter which part of business you're in. Well, our more diverse teams, they're safer, they're more productive, more efficient, mm. and get better results. And I think interesting the complexity of problems that business face today, you need to draw on all expertise, all perspective, all experiences from, from all facets of society. So if you don't bring that into the workplace, you're missing something in terms mm-hmm. of your ability to tackle those really complex challenges. So it's not just about the right thing to do anymore. It is good business. It's without a doubt better results. So I think there's, um, there's lots of things, obviously, that you can think about in terms of creating a more diverse workplace. The part of it that I think is more critical, because your sourcing strategies and the things you do to attract people in your business, there's some, some real tactical things that I think many companies are trying to do. What I believe is the real key, though, is the inclusion part. And so that's the underlying culture that you have that that once they're into the organization, they feel valued, they feel heard. They actually are able to bring bring their whole self to work, put all of their experience on the table. And in that sense, it very much is uh, a leadership accountability and leadership responsibility. The way in which the example we set, the expectations we have around that Bringing through that sort of care value in the way in which we engage with our people and work with our people every day, it really is exercising a, a bit of a leadership muscle that's new, I think, for mm-hmm. for a lot of leaders that have been around a long time. But it's really critical, or we actually never realize the benefits of the diversity. And so, you know, a number of things, uh, practical things in the workplace, I think. In terms of the types of leaders we, we put in place, I think in the first instance, it is valuing that diversity of thought and actually yeah. truly yeah. believing in their heart that there's there's benefit in that. Otherwise, we're just going through the motions and, and ticking boxes. So I think there mm-hmm. has to be a, a deep belief in the business case Then, when there is the actions and the behaviors every day from that leader obviously are going to be consistent with taking full advantage of, yeah. of extracting everything from that diverse workforce that we've recruited or assembled or or brought into the business. So I think that that deep belief is really critical. And then I think the way in which you, you organize teams and the way in which you engage your teams, you know, one of the things we've promoted in some of my past roles is, when you're thinking about risks we often do a lot of work in, in business and how we're going to manage risks whatever they may mm-hmm. be the way in which we involve people from different parts of the business and introducing divergent thinking you know very deliberate yeah. step leaders take to bring people into forums to contribute in ways in which maybe on face value they don't appear like you know like someone who who would be in a forum like that but putting in your fundamental business processes and things you're doing every day, like risk management and others, introducing approaches into that that are drawing in more people and, and maximizing the input you get from that diverse experience and yeah. diverse uh, workforce that you have in place. A lot of little things like that over time make a difference. It makes people feel valued and heard, and they're more likely to contribute to improving the business in a broader way.
0: Mm-hmm part of what i'm hearing in in all of those ideas is to me there's an element of humanity in this meaning you're not going to get that divergent thinking or the diverse set of perspectives when people don't feel like they're connected when people don't feel like they belong when people don't feel safe psychological safety uh, is critically important in people sort of pulling off that guarded front and sharing their perspective and their, their point of view. So it's just an element of raw humanity in making some of these things reality.
1: It's probably an overused term, but there is an element of a fundamental basis of trust that has to be there yeah. for that psychological safety to really exist and for people mm-hmm. to feel they can bring their whole self. And that's where there has to be, a, a signif- I think, a significant degree of authenticity and genuineness around this, which mm-hmm. is back to my point around you have to really believe that this is not only just right in terms of the right thing to do, but it's the right thing for your business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it just becomes innate in the way in which every leader in the business on a day-to-day people draws people in, draws the best out of people in meetings, draws all perspectives out in their engagements in the workplace and there's a lot of really simple and basic leadership behaviors that we need to ingrain and instill to just make that how we work every day.
0: Yeah. And I think part of what is really standing out to me, and I'm sure to to our listeners, but I want to highlight it, is this is not about skills. This is very much about mindset and beliefs. I've heard you now say heart and deep beliefs a couple of times and that's ultimately what drives the set of behaviors that you want to see in the workplace. I know safety is a critical component in your line of business. I've seen other organizations just absolutely fail in this area because even though they've got a value that says safety you know, is important to us, there's an element that's missing, which is it's not in their heart. It's mm-hmm. not in their deep belief system.
1: Absolutely. There has to be a strong desire for the leader, I think, to really demonstrate that genuine care for people to say, "My first and most fundamental accountability is you go home to your loved ones safe and safe and well." Hmm. Every time. To use your words, there's a hum- humanity element of that which they have to feel. And I think when that comes through in leadership around safety, people feel it. We talk about interdependence and safety. Which I think is a you know an important cultural element beyond safety mm. as well, but it's critical from a safety standpoint, where the team collectively believes it's everyone's responsibility to ensure each of us sort of go home safe, yeah. goes home safe and well every day. When you get that sort of sense in a team, then the behaviors follow, and if that's a fundamental belief. And interestingly enough, the topic we were just talking about, I, I think, the leadership attributes, the sort of day-to-day behaviors we expect from leaders. One of the things I've come to the conclusion of or realized recently from from lots of learning in the workplace is those critical behaviors that we believe are important to create a workplace that's inclusive, where diversity can thrive, are really very similar in the same ones to what we expect from leaders to create an interdependent safety culture and safety environment. It's how you engage people. It's how you involve them. It's how you listen, the people seeing you taking action on what you hear. And people very much are included. If it's an inclusive workplace and people feel they're being heard, they're going to speak up about safety issues more readily. One of our biggest issues in industry is it's not safe to speak up when there's something wrong in the safety front. So an inclusive workplace also addresses those issues. So... It really simplifies the world for the leader, I think, mm-hmm. because we're not talking about a set of leadership behaviors that are important for safety, and these are important for employee well-being, and these are important for inclusion, to create an inclusive workplace. I think there there's a lot of commonality and a few key attributes that are very much about how you engage your people, how you treat your people, uh, yeah. and how they feel. Interesting.
0: As you align your organization in 2020, are you interested in creating a space, a culture for people to thrive and perform their best at work? Then check out our Human Workplace Needs Culture Assessment. It's a free download that you'll find on this episode page in our podcast section of our website at www.512solutions.com. It will help you assess the current state of your team and take tangible steps to creating a healthier, more aligned, and frankly, a more human workplace. Let's go back to our interview with Pat Reisner now. We're doing quite a bit of work with a large manufacturing facility, about 1,200 people, and their leadership style culturally is exactly the opposite. It's top-down, high control, very few people at the top are way overloaded because it's very difficult for them to relinquish control and it's paternalistic frankly in their approach and they have a horrible safety record including a death in their facility so it's interesting that the same behaviors that are connected to inclusion are connected to safety and probably any other number of health and well-being initiatives around the cultures that we create
1: absolutely It's a real revelation. And I think I talked a little bit about automation and technology, and we can get to that. But one of the things is we're putting more information in employees and people's hands more rapidly today Mm. with digital innovation. And to some extent, using that to push decision-making down. And so this notion of interdependence and the way teams work together on safety you know, I believe this is all starting to line up in an interesting way because yeah. we're also more broadly in business, putting information in in the front lines hands and and we want them to make decisions around that. And so this cultural element is going to become more and more important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. As leaders, maybe shifting a bit, as leaders are right in the midst of that digital innovation, some of the changes that that are happening, what's going to be important for them as Roles start shifting, skill sets start shifting. How are leaders going to have to adapt to some of the digital innovation that's happening?
1: So I think the key is the the pace, the mm-hmm. pace of decision making and the implications that has. And, and this is an area where in a in a new project setting we have to really think about this. It's likely to lead to us being organized in different ways. The historical hierarchical decision making that we've had. In many organizations in our sector and probably others, you know, where we're organized by discipline or expertise yeah. and decisions go up the chain and then come back down, that's far too slow in this day and age. And the people closest to the work, we can put information in their hands to make these decisions very rapidly. And so there's an element of needing to empower them to make those decisions. And that really very much changes the role of a leader from the hierarchical organization where decisions come up you make a decision and it goes back down. So one, I think there's a comfort level with with leaders operating in a very different mode where they're enabling and, and coordinating and removing barriers and allowing, pushing decision-making down mm-hmm. to those that, that are closest to the work and have the information in their hands and being comfortable with the pace at which that happens.
0: We're seeing this across industry, frankly. And when I think about that change for leaders, some of the most, even though we're talking about digital innovation and artificial intelligence and all these technologies, some of the most important skills, and, and this is in research from Accenture and other large consulting companies, are ultimately gonna end up being around some of the soft skills. So do I have empathy? How effective am I in my communication? Am I able to align horizontally with peers who might have competing priorities with me? How well do I lead these interdependent and cross-functional teams? These are skills that very much are going to rely on effective communication as we're implementing these technologies.
1: Yeah. And it's not so much, I suppose, in the traditional leader that has worked their way to more senior roles based on their experience and area of expertise. That leadership sort of model or what that required of leaders is, this is different to that because the role has fundamentally changed. But I also think some of what you shared there is very consistent with some of what we were just talking about in terms of those fundamental behaviors around diversity and inclusion. And I think working across Mm -hmm. boundaries, leaders that have comfort working across boundaries is going to be critically important because there will be more cross-functional teams with more end-to-end accountability rather than working in the organizational silos we've had in the past. Being able to connect in that way and work across more broadly and less sort of vertically and deeper like we have in the
0: past. Mm. Pat, as you're building this organization, your executive team will have a big impact on what happens on any executive team is typically mirrored throughout the organization. So as you think about really building a healthy and aligned team. What comes to mind for you? What what are you trying to create here that will then allow leaders across the organization to have that comfort working across boundaries?
1: Before we get to experience and expertise, in my mind it's really critical, first of all, as you're building a team like this, to think about what that future state, future of work culture and, and nature of work is going to be, which is changing so incredibly rapidly right now. Mm-hmm. So I think First and foremost, there's a degree of adaptability and flexibility. A team that's in this day and age, a team that's going to be very future oriented and can think in that way and can think about the flexibility and adaptability that's really required in such a a fast changing world. I was in a session the other day we had where a speaker said around AI, around artificial intelligence, is the AI that PhD professors are sort of working with today. So the level of artificial intelligence, the implementation of artificial intelligence that's happening with PhDs today, in four or five or ten years' time will be done at the front line in the workplace. Hmm. The pace at which technologies like that will be deployed is going to require leaders that that have the ability and comfort to be very future-oriented and be thinking in an adaptable way a flexible way about all of these things. I do think the nature and risks of a business like we're in are just going to change. The risk profile mm-hmm. is different. And so leaders that are able to look around the corner and think about how that might evolve and therefore our culture might evolve is going to be really important. And that's, a, that's I think, a different, different skill set from a leadership standpoint than what we've had. I also still basically, you know, there's some fundamentals around people and engagement so yeah. the ability that leaders have to engage their teams to use of questions and in, in basic ways in which they create, I go back to that interdependence because it's still, I think, going to be a key objective of leaders to create a workplace in an environment like that. So their ability to empower, to show care. You talked about empathy. I think care comes through in a number of ways when I think about putting together a, a team like this. Yes, it absolutely is about caring for your people from a safety and well being standpoint. But I talked earlier about growing societal expectations around social issues and around sustainability issues. And there's a care element to that as well in terms of leaders and their behaviors and how they think about business and, and ways of working. And so, leaders that can demonstrate in their experience how, in their day to day work, the behaviors that very much are aligned in shifting our culture to one that's very attuned to those growing societal expectations and continually lifting our game and doing what's right around the sustainability Mm -hmm. issue. Those are some keys for me. I think leaders that want to thrive in an environment where we really support one another, you know, in this day and age with that complexity of problem and complexity of challenge and fast pace, not only is the diversity of thought important, but a leadership team that's able to put all the guards down and work in a constructive way to challenge each other, to get the best results will be more more important than ever. And there are leaders that are very comfortable working in that environment and others that aren't. That's, I think, critically important with the way in which work is evolving.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing that very consistently as well, Pat. The adaptability, the flexibility. I like your point of view on care. It's not just about safety. It, It goes as broad as sustainability, doing the right thing. And the productive challenge of each other, the productive conflict or the dialogue will be absolutely critical. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go long, go together. It's a quote that I've heard before. And the complexity, as you mentioned, is just it's this is the least complex our environment will be. This was the slowest pace that we will work in and the least complex our environment will be for the rest of our career. So we can't (laughs) go it alone we really do need to be able to have those conversations, those difficult conversations to get to the right business answers.
1: One other thought that came to mind, or I, I, I keep going back to care, but but the other one that's going to be critical going forward is, is developing our people. And it's another aspect that I think is critical for an executive leadership team. And I do believe there's a care element there too. To some extent, it's the, yeah. it's the extent to which we care enough to continue to Invest what leaders need to invest to develop the talent and grow the capability in their teams. And that pace, I mean, we're talking about sort of a a future environment of just continual training, continual learning. The feedback loops and the learning cycles are incredibly fast. Leaders that are truly dedicated and it's part of their passion to be a leader is to develop great people and continue to see development and growing capability in their teams. There's an element of care in that, I think. I think Mm -hmm. the the commitment to the person and the organization to get better each day.
0: Pat, you've also led previous organizations through major change efforts, demergers, catastrophic events in business. What's your insight or advice on how leaders need to be able to bring those chaotic moments back in under a better sense of control or security, if you will? How do you lead through big change like that?
1: There's there's several elements to it. The one simple high-level one that I think is most critical is in times like that, you have to find a way and prioritize as a leadership team to just spend more time with your people. There has to be more face time. And it needs to be in ways, both formal and informal, where you can listen. You know, at times you've just, you just just have to to be out there with your team, providing context. Thinking there's got to be relentless effort to provide context that you can. In many of yeah. those instances, there's only so much you either know or can provide. But relentless about providing the context that you can and listening. Mm -hmm. engaging and listening to your people. So that has to be stepped up, you know, in order of magnitude in those those crisis situations. The other, I think, is it's important as a leader not to be aloof or disconnected with the reality of the situation, but to some extent, there needs to be some, you know, in the way in which you engage people, a sense of calm, being able to create Mm -hmm. a sense of calm and seeing in a leader that, that we actually can get in front of this. Part of the role of the leader, I think, is helping the workforce gain some sense of control and some sense that there is a way through this and some sense of where the light at the end of the tunnel is. I think the the other one is you need to simplify Mm -hmm. to the fullest extent you can. You've really got to take unnecessary work. You've got to take things that aren't really contributing to solving the problem at hand you have to eliminate that. You have to take yeah. that out of the business and really significantly simplify the world of everyone involved so they can focus on on the things that matter most on themselves and their family and their well-being, but also on solving the, the great problems and coming up with the, the ways in which you need to work through that. Last thing I'll say, transparency to the fullest extent possible and honesty and integrity. So It can erode trust at times when you're in those situations and ultimately being as transparent as you can, as timely with that information and as open and honest as you can is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pat, you're an incredible leader. I've seen you in action. I've seen your impact. I've heard your impact and you're doing great things for your people and, and for this world. Thanks for setting such a positive tone on leadership and and for being part of our show
1: today. Ah, Thank you, Sal. I I really enjoyed it. Appreciate the discussion.
0: Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.